Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another XFL interview brought to you by Fourth and Long. Today, I'm so honored to have that kicker from the DC Defenders. We got Tyler Raza in the house. So then you went on to play at Boise State for a few years. Um, and then you were on the inaugural DC team. You were the kicker for the DC Defenders most recently in 2020. So what's it been like going from college to uh, trying to find a way into professional football? Then you get your chance at the XFL. What was that like? Um, well, I mean, coming from junior college, it was almost as challenging as coming out of Boise State. Um, yeah. You know, trying to find a way to, you know, get to the Division One level and knowing where you should be at the same time and, you know, trying to find a home. And it wasn't until about halfway through my – season at Riverside where I was able to finally get on with Boise State and sign with them and um, kind of figure out where my path was going from there and then from Boise State did well and figuring out um, you know kind of what path to take after Boise State because I got some looks mm -hmm. with um, the NFL and kind of did did arena after that and was just trying to get as much film around the NFL as I could and then you know come in with the XFL, you hear it coming about, and I got invited to a showcase, and, you know, the first two um, drafts went by, and I didn't get drafted. And it wasn't until two weeks before the season went where I actually got picked up by um, the XFL, and, you know, it, it went from there, but it was such a roller coaster from there because I, I didn't think I was going to get there. Mm. And then finally at the last minute, you know, I get a call and, and all of a sudden I'm in DC. Now that's crazy, but can we talk about that little child for a second? Because you were there, it was supposed to be you, maybe some other people and Chad Ochocinco was supposed to be there to kick for the defenders too. So uh, yeah. what was that whole thing? Yeah. Like? So I went to, uh, of course he did no show, but yeah. So I went to, yeah, I went to Houston and that was where I had to do a workout with them. And it was mm -hmm. me, um, two other guys, and was supposed to be, you know, Chad Johnson. And, you know, they kind of made the workout around him. And so he, you know, he goes out and about saying, hey, I want to kick in the XFL. I want to mm -hmm. get my career back on. And I want to be a kicker. So, I'll, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden I get a call. Hey, you're going to Houston, you know, work out with the XFL. And I kind of talked to um dc a little bit before that and so i was just like all right like let's do it and then of course all the way up to it i'm hearing all the hype about chad johnson <laughs> um people are sending me videos and you know i was expecting a full circus to get there and we show up and you know one of the guys who runs the xfl eric galco um pulls up and so the three of the four of us are there and Chad Johnson's not there. So we're kind of asking like, Hey, where's Ocho Cinco at? And he's just like, uh, he asked to bring kind of his entourage and we told mm -hmm. him no. And well, he didn't want to show up after that. And I believe the night before was, uh, the Connor, I think it was the Connor McGregor fight. And I can't remember who he fought, but that he was uh, Don Cerrone with Connor McGregor. Yes. Um, yeah, and he walked with Cerrone. Oh, I'm sorry, he crazy. walked with uh, Conor McGregor. 
That's and right. And so he was like the night before. So we almost kind of figured like there's no way he is showing up if right. he's at this fight with Conor McGregor. That's ridiculous. I mean, but to be fair, he might not even been the biggest competition because you can't forget about one of your competitors, PFT commodore Eric Solenberger, trying to get his whole thing with the, the defenders. So uh, what was, uh, I mean, to be honest, from outside looking in, it was pretty comical. And it looked like he was somewhat serious. But as a legitimate kicker, what was that like to you? So I was not there for that. Okay. I, um, so my, able to avoid so that? my, yeah, so I was able to avoid that. Um, you know, and he needs to, you know, get good stuff. And it was a good, um, you know, it was a good thing for the XFL and it got a lot of people to kind of pay attention to it more oh, as yeah. well. And yeah, I mean, kind of from there it was, you know, he did his thing and that was about it. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about though, personally? Um, I mean, whether he was doing it for views, um, mm -hmm. or he was, you know, maybe that was something that he was actually trying to do. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a guy either following his dream or continuing his dream with, you know, in the sporting world and getting uh, views for Barstool and all that, which he did. So mm -hmm. either way, he accomplished what he wanted. Very fair with that. And then, I mean, the XFL as a whole, it was this brand new league. It's stepping in. A lot of changes going on. They were trying to almost revamp the game of football to make it um, – you know, they're trying to break away from the old 2001 version of the XFL, the, the Extreme Football League, uh, and that whole mess. It's a really brand new league, a lot of traction, actually. Uh, but there's a lot of real changes, such as especially in the kicking game of it. So they're changing kickoffs, they're changing the onside rules, and they're also changing PAT attempts. So as a kicker, what was it like having to deal with those rules um, with the new kickoff? them kind of eliminate your onside kicks and your PAT attempts. What did you feel about that? Um, I mean, with the kickoffs, I understood because, you know, it's been a little bit and it's, it's, they've been wanting to make some sort of change to, it and they've been trying to, mm -hmm. and I thought it was interesting and I kind of liked, you know, what they did with it. Um, as far as the uh, extra point and everything like that, I think it just made the game more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so you didn't like take offense on the field or anything? More and gave it a little more action? No, not at all. Because it has, I mean, it really had nothing to do with kickers. It was just, you know, people want to see more scoring. They want to see more action. They want to see tackling, big hits, um, great catches. At the end of the day, people aren't really going to pay a whole lot to see, you know, a kicker kick it from, you know, 25 to 40 yards. Yeah. Um, so, no, there's no offense to taking that. It, just, it made the game fun. I, I really um, – I love that response because, I, I mean, you kind of admit that. that It was really cool. Like, it did change the game. A one-point, two-point, and a three-point, especially as the league went on. You see teams like um, the Houston Roughnecks down there, they were killing it with their three-pointers a lot of times. So, that – I did really appreciate the rule changes. I thought – personally, I thought the kickoff – was the best way you could compromise between, you know, changing from taking away the contact by still having the kickoff. But was it weird 
lining up completely yeah. by yourself on the other side of the field? <laughs> um, no, not entirely. I mean, you just got to – you almost have to look at it a different way. Mm. Um, it kind of reminded me of a football a little mm-hmm. bit, um, especially the arena league that I returned. I never um, – basically, I went for the uprights. If you mm-hmm. put it in an arena, it's called a deuce. There's two points. Yep. Um, so I kind of treated it like that, where I had to get it beyond the 20-yard line, and I had to, you know, you had to place it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't anything more than that. The more you simplify it, the, the easier it is. Fair enough. Um, I feel like the kicking game, uh, it's almost best to simplify as but best as possible. Trying to, you know, stab your own head. And, uh, you know, just, just seeing some stuff, and which you were able to do. You were the one of the most successful kickers in the XFL. You know, not for 11, uh, really solid percentage with their your, – um, your first um, game, your first, like, any sort of football um, or, like, your first professional game. I mean, um, you nailed a 54-yarder in, in your first game. That's no small task. So that was, uh, that was impressive for sure. And then also you can – have the name or you have the, the claim that I scored the very first points in XFL history. So what's it like to be able to, to, to tell people that? Um, I can claim a bar question, a bar trivia question <laughs> that if in the future it ever is, which I don't know if it is or it hasn't yet, but I can claim the first points. <laughs> That that's just fun. I mean, I guess part of the fun stuff about a new league was going to say, "Oh, this is the first time ever for like the first week of anything happening, right?" Yeah, exactly. And then uh, one of the better parts about the XFL that really um, kind of showed the way the fans supported it was the whole new levels of interactivity between fans and players, where everyone mic'd up, cameras everywhere, instant reactions. So, what was it like? being in this new brand new kind of environment where you're surrounded by cameras and live mics was that different was that new was it exciting to be a part of different um first game because i make the first one and then i go out the second one and you know wasn't successful in that second one and right away i had a mic in my face and was uh it was very new to me especially mid-football games, because I've never had a mid-football game. But, you know, it was something that I had to do. I had to kind of face the music. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it it bettered me a little bit because I, you know, got a little reality check right there that, yeah, hey, I'm here. I'm doing well and all that, but I I need to get to the next level. And I need to up my game and I need to – make the next kick. Um, it definitely, uh, it humbled me a little bit, but it was, you know, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that, um, that interview because everyone's like, Oh man, they're really grilling. This guy misses a kick and they immediately put Mike into his face. And I got to say, you handled it, um, very professionally. So that was a, that was an impressive first test. <laughs> and then, um, also, yeah, no, you just, again, you, you have to have to take the punches. Exactly. And then if we want to talk about DC for a bit, because the DC very well might have had the best fans. We all know and love the coveted beer snake. So 
what was your reaction to being this brand new team and having this fan base that really showed out from week one and all the way through um, week five? And so what was it like being able to have these crazy fans from the get-go, having that kind of support there in D.C.? Oh, it was crazy fun. Um, they definitely are what made the games, and they're one of the reasons why we had home field advantage. Um, and as far as the beer snake, we it wasn't until about three-fourths of the way through the first game where we were like, they are building <laughs> something with all the cups right now. They, You have people from all over the stands wanting to bring their beer cups to this, and, you know, it went from bottom to top after the first game, and then all of a sudden it's, I think there was a bunch of trademarks that went in for it and it was just like, holy cow, like that was awesome. Like that almost took away a little bit of focus from the game and <laughs> everybody was paying attention to that. There's, that's crazy. I never knew um, that you guys actually paid attention to the beer snake like mid game that much. That's, yeah, that's comical. Man, I mean, the best part about that is you have the commissioner of the league, Oliver Luck, adding to the beer snake in what other league? Yep. Roger Goodell would never, right? No. Gosh, no, he would not. <laughs> and then, uh, man, that was a blast. But the fans as a whole were – it was a very pleasant surprise seeing the, the, um, the support of everyone throughout the league. Then you guys did have the game in St. Louis with – that was probably, at least watching on TV, that sounded like the loudest stadium in the XFL. So what was it like being able to be back – in St. Louis playing professional football in St. Louis and being in that sort of atmosphere? So St. Louis, um, I, we never actually got to go to St. Louis. St. Louis oh, came to us. That was, that was a home game. My bad. Yeah, um, no, you're totally fine. But even then, that was the loudest our stadium got. Mm -hmm. And then do you have a favorite? I, of course, the, your Audi stadium is, is probably going to be your favorite, you know? But do you have a favorite place that you went to, a favorite stadium that you're able to visit? Um, Tampa Bay, when we played against the Vipers, um, you know, it's it's just one of those stadiums that it's it's awesome to be at. It's a great atmosphere. The weather is, seems like it's always nice there. The grass is great. Um, you know, I, I just loved everything about it there in, in Tampa. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to stall in the mood, but at least you're able to enjoy something from that game because uh, probably wasn't yeah, the best exactly. one. <laughs> and then, it wasn't um, the best yeah. one for us, but the stadium was awesome. Hey, that's all that matters. If you find that silver lining, you know? <laughs> yep, exactly. And then, so um, was it interesting? Just like, what was your biggest takeaway, I think, from the inaugural season of the XFL? Um, my biggest takeaway is that I deserve to be there and that I deserve to be at the next level. You know, there's um, a certain amount of, you know, humbleness that you need to have and, mm -hmm. you know, everything kind of take it with a grain of salt and, you know, you work so hard to get to a spot and, you know, I worked crazy hard just to get to the XFL. And then I think yeah. in the XFL, I proved that, you know, I deserve to, you know, get the next step up to the next level. And, you know, I thought I proved it and I thought I deserved it. And that's kind of what we're working for now. And that was kind of one of my biggest takeaways. is, you know what, I, you know, I put myself in a spot where, you know, don't, you know, get ahead of yourself. Don't, 
you know, boast too much of what's going on, you know, keep your head down and keep working. But, you know, I, I did my thing there. And right now I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think I, you know, deserve a chance to get to the next level for sure. 100%. I totally agree with you there. You, you know, stats don't lie. And then part of that was um, going into the season, there were a lot of people worried about the talent level in the XFL. But I believed it from the, from the get-go between the coaches and actual players there. A lot of guys I had NFL experience, fringe roster players, um, CFL guys as well. And so what was it like being able to actually have, I guess it surprised some people, but it didn't me, but what was it like, you know, realizing that, yes, this is a legitimate professional football league and we're all very talented athletes? I mean, to be able to be in a room with more than 10 guys who have been drafted in the first round and who have been there and kind of learning from their experiences and what they've come from, um, the talent level was, was out the window. I mean, it was it – was, a, a small step down from what the NFL was, but man, we had a lot of guys on that team that can play mm-hmm. and they wanted to prove again that, you know, they, they deserve to be at the next level either again or, you know, for the first time. Then to, to kind of speak off of that, then what was the locker room culture like? Because I'm sure almost everyone walked around with a huge chip on their shoulder because not only, I mean, it's an honor to be able to be a professional football player in the XFL, but the ultimate goal is to make it to the big time, make it to the NFL. So did that kind of have a, a carry and you kind of felt that in the locker room? Yeah, we had, gosh, we had a great locker room. We had a great bunch of guys and they, you know, they couldn't have made the experience any better. And we, again, everybody's goal was, you know, let's win because when you win, you make more money. Yeah. So let's go make some more money and invest in ourselves. And um, let's, you know, try and get back to where we deserve. Exactly. And then if we want to stay on the locker room for a second, can we uh, kind of talk about the Bud Light Seltzer parties? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> basically when you win, you walk into a giant tub that just had all the Bud Light Seltzers, man. It was a free for all. Is you know a lot of people double fisted, and you know it was everybody's doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it was awesome. Um, you know it was a shower before the shower, that's for sure. Oh yeah, that's because I. It was amazing. It was like a uh, champagne celebration every single week, and especially one of the DC Defenders fans, um, the guy that went to the games with the Bud Light Seltzer box on his face. He's a legend. 100%. Yeah. DC definitely had a, yeah. a cast Same of fans, time. you know? Um, and then, yeah, maybe not as a player, but as someone just look, observing the league, what do you think was the best thing that the XFL brought to football? I think it brought some excitement. I think it brought another level where the fans get involved and it's, it wasn't as boring as what people thought and there was you know it was kind of a league of its own you know there were so many things that it went against the you know the laws of nature of what the nfl is you know not going out of your shell and not um no beer involved and you know clean cut and everything like that but it was it was definitely a league of its own i think you kind of just hit the nail on the head with that one and then if you can go back and kind of change any rules or procedures 
or any other aspect of the XFL, is there something that you'd like to see change? I don't, nothing that comes to mind. Yeah, shoot. I don't really see anything else either. I'm sure, oh, I was so happy to, to more relieved to hear The Rock being one of the owners of the XFL. Of course, um, your goal right now is to make it to the NFL. So what's yeah. that process been like for you? Um, it's, you know, we are working out, we're training, and we're trying to get a hold of anybody and everybody that would, you know, listen that has to do with the NFL, you know, we're ready. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we can all do our part to help Tyler make it to the NFL, just get attention on them, because I swear, after every single missed kick, I was just thinking, eh, sign Tyler, uh, you want to sign Tyler? You know, Kostkowski, Miss Alba, hey. But it, that's, it's a good, it must be an encouraging sign for you, right, seeing, I guess, poor kicking play, because, eh, hey, give me a shot, right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what we want. <laughs> And then, so, of course, what we can do, um, I'll link all your stuff, of course, but um, once you are done listening to this, follow Tyler on Twitter, and then just every time a team misses a field goal at, at the NFL, at that team, sign Tyler, okay? Just get the hashtag trending, right? So, just kind of to um, cap it off, we, like we mentioned, your goal is the NFL, but, you know, yep. Just like I, you know, just in case that the the NFL teams are dumb enough and they don't sign you for whatever reason, can we see you back in the XFL? Hopefully in 2021, when The Rock retakes the league, and hopefully we get this show rolling again. If the NFL does not, I would love to go back. Yeah, would you just be hoping for DC, or does it not matter? I would love to go back to see DC if the opportunity was there. Then if we want to talk about the opportunity, your opinion on the rock, where do you think he'll take the XFL? Oh man. I think he'll take it as far as he can go with it. Um, everything he touches pretty much just turns to gold, man. And he's, he's the best thing for the league. 100%. I, I feel like that was kind of the, uh, the thought process throughout the league. Once uh, the news was made, you know, all right. Yeah. Right. But there we go. Tyler Raza, you know, the amazing guy from California worked his way through the Juco. And can we get hashtag Juco product in here? Because we all know what that's like. No one better. And then he's yep. just a constant grinder. Did his time at Boise State. Great career there. Now he was going around AFL, XFL, now professional football player. And one of the best kickers that the XFL has ever seen. So we have to keep that in mind. Then everyone, I will keep, personally, I'll keep my fingers crossed because I got to support my Boise State guys, got to support the Grinders, you know, got to support yep. the QCO guys. And then we will do our part to get you into the, uh, try to get the recognition going. But Tyler Raza, he's going to the NFL 2020. Believe it, right? Let's do it. All right, Tyler, thank you so much for your time today. Um, of course, everything will be linked. And you can catch all of his information in the bio. And just shout out to the XFL. Great time. And we'll see you soon in the NFL, Tyler. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thank you again.